Retro Pulse, Episode Zero, Metroid for the NES. This podcast is brought to you in part by PNP Games, your online source for everything video games. Visit their website at pnpgames.com or at one of their three retail locations in Winnipeg, Manitoba. And patrons, thanks to our patrons, we now have this show on the network. So uh, check it out at patreon.com slash TV. Alright everybody and welcome to episode one of the Retro Pulse, our retro game show here on the Res.tv network. As always, I'm one of your hosts here. I, I don't say I don't know why I said it as always, because this is the first episode. That doesn't make sense, Steven. It doesn't, but you know, I think that you can be excused for after more than a decade of podcasting <laughs> for, you know, occasionally making a mistake because of the fact that you have other shows. Y- using the, the, the same damn intro for every show? That's uh, yes. also something you'd be excused if used for? I think so. Okay. All right. I'm well, a pretty forgiving guy, though, so we'll see what the what the listeners think. All right. Awesome. Well, uh, I'm one of your hosts here, Lloyd Hannison, and joining me, you heard his voice, Stephen Munn, Stephen the Munn on Twitter. Stephen, thanks for joining me, man. Hey, you know, it's good to be here, and, you know, old games, one of my favorite subjects, so this should be a, a great deal of entertainment for us both, this should and be, hopefully for the listeners, too. Hopefully. This should be a lot of fun. Uh, I'm playing uh, the great uh, Metroid uh, remix over from ocremix.org called uh, Samus Strut. If you guys are wondering what that was, we got uh, some selections from OC Remix that we're going to be playing throughout the episode. Um, Who made this one? This, I don't have the author handy because the way that it saved the mp3 the way i'm playing it i can't see it um i'll have that better for next episode we'll have that all sorted out okay yep 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 all right well um for those that don't know if you didn't hear the uh episode zero the genesis episode of this podcast on uh, the Nintendo Pulse feed, uh, this is kind of a spinoff of Nintendo Pulse. Uh, Stephen and I have been chatting for a long time about um, about retro games, about doing something retro. Um, didn't didn't happen because just time commitments and other things. Uh, and then we started up a Patreon and we set a lofty goal of a hundred bucks a month. If we hit a hundred bucks a month, uh, we'll be able to do the show. We'll be able to um, dedicate some time and resources for that. And we hit it uh, really really quick. So thanks, a huge thanks to all of our patrons. Gonna um, basically say a huge shout out first to our executive producer Kyle Bird uh, and everybody else uh, that has donated uh, their their hard-earned money uh, to help us out here on the network. Uh, so we have Haley Kelpinski, Joe Walker, Kai Koenig, Aaron M, Jocelyn D, Jason G, James Graselli, Matt P, Will N, Eric, 
Josh, <laughs> Haven, uh, Logan Keller, Oliver B, Jesse Waldack, Scott M, Glenn P, Todd F, Ben T, and Mark M. Huge shout out to all of our awesome patrons for uh, joining up. If you want to find out what our Patreon is all about, head on over to patreon.com slash res TV. Um, you'll get uh, the show exclusive and other shows um, that are coming as basically from our patron uh, Patreon um campaign or whatever you call it um you'll be able to get it for one week exclusively on our patreon page if you are a patron so for uh at least a dollar a month or as little as a dollar a month as a lot of people like to say you'll get access to some exclusive content and early access to shows such as the retro pulse and then everything else will be uh, up on a normal podcast feed so if you're listening to this um, just on YouTube or whatever, um, you'll be able to find out more uh, by going over to res.tv. And by doing that, you'll uh, be able to uh, subscribe to the show, find it in iTunes, find it on Overcast, on Stitcher, on all the great places where uh, podcasts are found, Android um podcast marketplace as well uh all that stuff will be coming, uh, but we need to get this first episode out before we can do that. So yeah um yeah thanks everybody for making the show a reality um Kara and i have been doing some retro streams as well uh thanks for the follow cubix rubel or ruble <laughs> thanks for the follow here on twitch you can check out our stuff over at twitch.tv um Kara, my wife Kara and i have been doing some retro streams uh so we've been playing metroid primarily for the last couple saturdays uh i know steven's waiting um, desperately for this little thing, which is still in my grubby little hands because I, <laughs> I haven't put it in a stupid box and sent sent it out because I'm a very bad person at getting to the post office. Once that happens, he's going to be doing some retro streaming as well. Uh, and yeah, hopefully we'll have uh, some really great retro content coming in the near future here on the Res TV network. That'll be cool. I wanted to make a quick note that I looked up that Samus Strutt Yep. Uh, uh, song, and that is by M I Evil, A M I E V I L, who does a lot of really good remixes on OC Remix. I, I I very frequently see that name behind you know next to songs that I really like. I I want to get this on my um on my iPod uh, or or phone I guess and play it in my stereo in my car um because i will get a back massage with the amount of bass that is in this track so i <laughs> i dig it i dig it i dig it those are always really good definitely um so yeah uh thanks to all of our patrons if you want to find out more of what we do here on the network uh you can basically follow us on any social network uh that's youtube twitter um patreon um uh, Instagram, Facebook, uh, and we're Res TV on all the networks. Um, there's no specific Twitter feed for this particular show, but we will talk a little bit about it on Res TV and also on our Nintendo Pulse uh, Twitter feed. Sounds good to me. Um, feedback. If you guys want to send in your feedback for the show, uh, yeah, feedback at res.tv is the address. Uh, you can also hang out on our Discord, uh, which is res.tv forward slash Discord. Uh, and you can come in and chat with all of us fine people on our Discord. It's uh, pretty lively. A lot of people hanging out uh, from time to time. So, uh, yeah, let's uh, let's let's get out and, and do some awesome discording uh, over on our Discord. I don't know what it's called, but that's what I'm calling it. Let's get discordant. Let's get discordant. There you go. All right. Uh, that's enough uh, housekeeping for this episode. Uh, Stephen, what do you say we get right into our first episode? Um, our fans voted um, and and this game won out. Metroid for the NES. Uh, my cartridge still has some gunk on it that I have to clean off. So 
Ew. Yeah, I don't know. I, I bought it um, off of eBay, and the picture that I bought it from uh, didn't have like little marks on my on the sticker, and it didn't have the gunk on it. So I guess he was just using an old uh, photo and sent me this one. But hey, I got it, and it's here, and I can use it, so that's okay. It works. Those are easy to clean too, especially anything that gets on the plastic there can be easily cleaned. Yeah, definitely. It's the stuff on the label that's more of a challenge. Yeah. I just bought a game yesterday that had a whole pile. Uh, Cubics Ruble um, says, Pat, the NES Punk has a really great guide to all the NES games. You're talking about this one by Pat Country, (laughs) the ultimate Nintendo guide to the NES library. I have that one. I love it. (laughs) That's awesome. my metroid cartridge here and it is pristine. absolutely pristine five screws and everything oh i only have a three screw at the box look at you i i don't have very many box nes games um i was buying more loose cartridges except for some of the ones that are right above me even the hang tag is still on the back can't oh, believe that's, that that's rare so awesome all right well um so basically how the show is going to work is we're going to announce at the end of the show three games um we're going to give uh, our audience a chance to vote on which game uh they want us to play and talk about next episode um we did this a couple weeks ago people voted and by uh by far the winner was metroid um which is good because the other one that was leading for a while was uh ghosts ghouls and ghosts uh, mm-hmm. which i really didn't want to play um right away for the first episode so that will be going back into that would have been the, rough that would be rough it'll be going back into the into the kitty and it will be coming out um later i'm sure uh to be voted on uh but the first winner is um an amazing game from 1987 here in north america uh called metroid uh the release date history for this game is uh it came out august 6th uh, 1986 in japan then it came out in august uh, in 1987 and then in january of 1988 in the in the uk um it came out on a whole bunch of different platforms um first obviously in japan on the famicom disc system uh then it was on the nintendo entertainment system here in north america uh but it's also seen a lot of other releases um so it was on the game boy advance as part of the classic nes series so nintendo's first uh kick at uh i guess virtual console uh, releasing old nes games on the game boy advance um in cartridge form which was interesting uh then it was available on the wii virtual console is available on the Nintendo 3DS Virtual Console first as an ambassador game. So if you were one of the first people to buy a 3DS and you paid $80 more uh, than everybody else because Nintendo dropped the price 80 bucks, Nintendo gave everybody a whole pile of uh, free games. Well, not free. You paid $80 for them or whatever the, the price difference was. Was it 80 bucks? I think it was like 80 or maybe it was 50. I can't remember what the price drop was. The price drop, I believe, was 80. Yeah. It went from... 250 yeah to 179 right right? to 170 yeah okay that's what it was so So yeah it would have been an 80 so for that you got 20 games um some of them nes some of them super nintendo um and that was one of them and then it was later released on the eShop for everybody to buy and then it's on the wii u virtual console and then of course if you have an nes classic edition this was one of the games that was included on that as well uh the game was developed by nintendo r&d1 their their fancy naming scheme for their uh their uh development teams and it was published by Nintendo, of course. Now, we didn't talk about this combination yet, did we? Uh, no, we, we didn't get into that one. So this is another way you could play it. So um, if you bought this, if you bought this game, Metroid Prime on the GameCube, 
And you also had uh, the one that Steven has in his hands, which is Metroid Fusion for the Game Boy Advance. Um, if you beat Metroid Fusion and you bought Metroid Prime, you were able to play the original game in Metroid Prime. And they even included this uh, amazing confidential subject Metroid uh, book inside or little sheet inside of it. And this is how it used to be when uh, when you're playing games. This is how difficult it was back in the day. So play the original NES Metroid on your Nintendo GameCube. Link up for a classic Metroid adventure. And then they get into the details on how to do it. If you own Metroid Prime from the Nintendo GameCube and have completed Metroid Fusion for the Game Boy Advance, you have access to the game that introduced the world to Samus Aran, the original Metroid. To access it, you need copies of both games, a Nintendo GameCube, a memory card, a Game Boy Advance, and a Nintendo GameCube Game Boy Advance cable. Highlight the link at the bottom of Metroid Prime title screen that reads Metroid Fusion Connection Bonuses and press the A button. Select Play NES Metroid and press the A button. Then follow the on-screen instructions or the connection instructions found on page 26 of the Metroid Prime Manual to begin the data link. Remember, you can't play NES Metroid until you've completed Metroid Fusion. So that is how Virtual Console used to be done <laughs> with uh, Nintendo on the GameCube yeah. era. You needed a GameCube. You needed a Game Boy Advance. You needed two copies of a game. You needed a cable that was used for, what, five titles? And then you had to <laughs> link it. And that was how you could play um, NES Metroid on your TV. Um, I never did that uh, because I had only rented Metroid Fusion. I, and I never beat it. Um, that's one game that I never owned, uh, which I kind of want to do. I kind of want to pick that one up and play it um, after playing this version of Metroid. Yeah, it's a it's a good one. And uh, I remember I got them both actually when they right when they came out. I got Prime and Fusion within their first week. And I linked everything up and I unlocked the game and I played it for about five minutes and went, man, this game is terrible. And that was, <laughs> that was the end of that. I actually uh, enjoyed the other bonus that they had in that, which I'll just mention it's not directly related, but you could play Metroid prime with the fusion suit wearing the fusion suit, right? Uh, which you didn't really see very much. Cause you don't see yourself in third person in Metroid prime very much. Right. Um, uh, it's, it's more like, it, it would have more amounted to was your morph ball was blue and yellow instead of being orange and, and yellow. Um, but yeah, I mean, neat that they incorporated those things. And I remember the thing that bothered me the most about that at the time was that, um, you could be in the fusion suit in Metroid prime, which was a total anachronism <laughs> because Metroid prime takes place between Metroid one and Metroid two right. and Metroid fusion is Metroid four. <laughs> and for some reason, even that, even then I was like, time no, travel. they can't, that doesn't make any sense. That's a, <laughs> it's crazy wormhole time travel stuff that was going on. Right. Right. How could that even make sense? And it's, it wasn't even a situation where like, Oh, this was just another suit Sam has had because in the, in the preamble to uh, fusion, they, they make this whole, it's a whole big deal about how this, this suit is an accident that right. happened then. And yeah. <laughs> so yeah, hilarious, hilarious, hilarious stuff. Yeah. Um, stuff. yeah. So people that maybe aren't familiar with Metroid, we'll, we'll talk a little bit about the game and then we'll get into kind of our gameplay experiences. I have a couple emails that were sent in by, uh, our listeners of episode zero as well. Um, which I thought were, one of them was, was quite hilarious actually. Um, so I'll be playing or I'll be, uh, bringing that one up. Um, but Metroid is basically, um, the first of basically something that coined the Metroidvania as kind of a, a category of video games, a genre of video games. Um, 
it's a side-scrolling um, action-adventure game where picking up power-ups allow you to progress further in the game. Really hadn't been done uh, any any at any time before. It was kind of the first of that. Um, then other games had um, taken that idea and kind of ran with it. Um, I guess maybe Legend of Zelda was maybe the the first one um, where you you mm-hmm. needed you needed the the candle to burn the bush to get the stairs to go down and, and fight the dungeon. Yeah. But this was um, kind of an action adventure game, not a role playing game, and, and it really wasn't done like that before. Um, the game follows uh, the bounty hunter of Samus Aran, who'd been employed by the Galactic Federation to retrieve a shipment of highly of a highly dangerous species known as Metroids after it had been stolen by space pirates. Um, so these are uh, great, uh, great titles. Galactic Federation and space pirates. So they, they did a lot of uh, they did a lot of story um, building in, in this game. Uh, space pirates. They're the manual is hilarious. It, it is the the art inside of it is just hilarious. Um, the alien race is led by the sentient mother brain creature. Uh, Metroid takes place on the planet of Zebes or Zebus. Um, I call it Zebes. They say Zebus, Zebus in the later games. That's how they pronounce it. Where Samus traverses the planet and manages to trigger the self-destruct function to destroy mother brain, brain and escape the planet. Uh, this game was directed by uh, Gunpei Yokoi and Satoru Okada. Uh, and it had some really great music by uh, Hirokazu Tanaka, uh, which I'm probably butchering all these names, but I think that's pretty good for someone that doesn't speak Japanese. Um, and in, and throughout playing this game, you're able to get uh, various powers that allow you to proceed in the game. Uh, the first one is the Morph Ball, uh, known as Maru Mari uh, in Japan. And it basically, the only reason why this exists in the game is because it was too hard to animate Samus ducking down and crawling. So they just made a ball. So it was like, it was total like programmer laziness or lack of Why time. can't Samus crawl? Yes. Why can't Metroid crawl? That's what it was. Yes. Uh, <laughs> it, that, that is, uh, that is pretty much the reason why. Um, so we got a morph ball part of it. Um, part of that, you were able to get bombs, which allow you to drop little explosives that uh, you could then use to bomb jump, um, which was incredibly hard for me to do. I played it on the Retron five with my, NES oh my cartridge God. and I couldn't drop the third bomb it was the, the most annoying thing i guess um the the controls are limited by your screen refresh and i guess whatever the emulation was doing on the retron 5 it was just impossible it was so frustrating um, i had the same issue on the 3ds playing it on 3ds oh it's so bad um you're also able to get uh, high jump boots screw attack uh the varia suit which was a translation error uh, it was supposed to be barrier suit and it was translated to a varier suit and then they changed it just varia and that's how we got varia suit so um programmer error again translation error gave us some of the uh some of the the story for this game um, in future uh, episodes. Um, there's of course missiles, the long beam, ice beam, wave beam, and then energy tanks that you can pick up. So um, not a lot of things to find and unlock, um, but all of them were really useful. Um, the one interesting thing about this game is um, when you pick up um, one of the weapons. So you pick up the ice beam. Uh, and then you pick up the, say the wave beam Well, you can't switch back and forth between them. If you want the ice beam again for your, your battle with mother brain, you actually have to go back and grab the ice beam, which is such a, a weird limiting way to, uh, to get in and, and play this game. So, um, yeah. Any, anything else to add Steven about, about, uh, Metroid? Uh, no, not in terms of just the general, you know, structure of the game, I guess and platforms 
Yeah, it's pretty it's pretty common uh, or common. It's it's pretty simple. Uh, you're basically running around trying to figure it out. Um, the the one kind of annoying thing is there's no map in this. Yes. Game. And that I, I didn't originally think that was a huge issue. Um, and then you realize that huge sections of this world look very much alike, uh, like so much alike where you go to various other areas uh, and they have connecting rooms that look identical to other areas that have the same connecting rooms. And it's like, Oh, where the hell am I? Um, yeah, yep. it's, it's tough, but this was a different time. Like when this game was released, um, people get like, I, I was a kid. Uh, people get maybe one or two games for the holidays, maybe one for the birthday. Um, then you can maybe rent games if you want. But you're playing the same game forever um, and you're getting good because um, I can remember uh, me and my buddies um, playing uh, over on my friend's NES. Uh, like we beat this game multiple times and there was no issues. Like I had zero problems in the mother brain fight. Um, so I was a little bit cocky getting into this one and playing uh, yesterday with my wife and mother brain just kicked my butt. Um, the, the, that whole level with the stupid donuts that appear right under your feet are just the, one of the most annoying things that I've uh, experienced in the last little bit. Yeah. Yeah. The, the enemy spawns can be really, really frustrating in the game. Those, 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 those donuts, like you said, and, and, uh, you know, there's situations where you walk through doors, especially in Turian. I found this is an issue, mm-hmm. you know, you walk through a doorway and while you're still going through the process of walking through the door, so you have no control over your character, <laughs> yeah. the donut things will spawn, yeah. fly at you, hit you, and hurt you as you're going through the door. It's like, ugh, yeah, just, there's nothing I could do about that. And it's those kinds of things that feel cheap and, you know, unfair, um, you know, do, inflicting damage on the player when the player doesn't have a, any agency at all is is very frustrating. Definitely. Definitely. Um, so when I played through the game, I played through it with the help of this. Um, this was the book uh, Playing With Power that Nintendo released to celebrate the NES Classic coming out. Um, it was released by Prima Games. I wish I could find a digital version of this, but they never released a digital version because that would be perfect to have it on an iPad in front of me while I'm playing. Um, and it's kind of it's basically like a, it's almost like Nintendo Power, um, very similar to what Nintendo Power is, but it goes over every game that's on the NES Classic. Um, but inside of this, no, that is Kid Icarus, not Metroid. I hear, uh, that is also Kid, Kid Icarus. Icarus. Incidentally, came out on the same day. Uh, Nintendo mm. published Kid Icarus and uh, Metroid on the same day, and Nintendo there are actually Metroids again. in Kid Icarus. There are, which is the weirdest thing. Um, so yeah, so I played through um, with the help of this, which basically gave me um, a nice higher resolution um, version of kind of the whole map. Uh, so I was able to figure out um, my way through Brinstar and Norfair and um, all the boss fight battles and getting to Turian and stuff like that. Um, so this was this was definitely a godsend. It was better than me going to like GameFAQs and looking up an FAQ there. I used a map that I found online. I looked at a few different maps of the game. Uh, and the one that I found that I liked the best was made by someone who refers to themselves as Falcon Zero. I found it at jansenprice.com, J-A-N-S-E-N-P-R-I-C-E.com. Mm-hmm. And it's just a, you know, it's a um, an image file here. I'm going to see what format this is. Uh, it's a JPEG. Um, it's just as Metroid Complete Zebus map, and it's got just all of the regions. And it's interesting because the regions have their names, Turian, Brinstar, Norfair, Craig's Hideout, Ridley's Hideout, but those are never mentioned in the game. Right. There's no text in the game that tells you, oh, now you're in Turian, now you're in Brinstar, etc. 
Um, the enemies are never named. The power-ups are never named. I would repeatedly walk into a room, find a power-up, shoot the ball, step on the statue to grab it, and it would just play a little tune, and I'd be like, what did I just get? <laughs> well, I guess a lot of that stuff was in the manual, which is kind of the kind of what the games are all about in the, in the day. Like, you'd get yeah. a game, and you'd study the manual, and it'd be this, like, thick book um, with all the info and all the, the background on what the game is. Um, instantly enough, uh, we, we grabbed some, some interesting trivia uh, stuff. Um, the manual referred to uh, Samus as he throughout the whole manual. So um, it wasn't until the end of the game when you beat the game that you found out that Samus Aran was in fact a she, um, which I can remember um, as a kid blew everybody's mind. It's like, what? This doesn't make sense. In the manual, it says it's a he, but it's a she. What the heck? And there was a, a lot of a chatting about that. Not that anybody was upset about it, but it was just, it was such a, I don't know, a, a bait and switch almost from Nintendo where they talk about it being a he the whole time. And then you beat the game in such a way. If you beat it, um, we'll get to the endings in a little bit. But if you beat it in a certain time frame, uh, Samus will take off her helmet or her suit. And um, it's just like, what the heck? How is this possible? Um, There's yeah. the map in the manual. Yeah, there you go. That's very rough with the names of the characters and the regions. <laughs> Interesting. All right. Well, before we get into more of what our experiences are, we got a really great uh, email. Um, this one was sent in. I'm not going to say, uh, or actually I can. This was from uh, a Jordan M. Uh, I won't use a full name just in case. Um, and they sent in their thoughts on uh, on Metroid. Uh, just so you know, this is going to be a little bit of time while we read this one out. Um, so here, I'll bring it up on screen. And it goes, uh, Dear Retro Pulse, uh, beep, 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 beep. It's like a thousand beeps because that is what you experience when you first play this game. You get under, what is it, under 20 health and the game beats at you incessantly. And then you pick up you pick up a health a health pickup and then you get hit again and you're back to below whatever the threshold is, 20, 20 or 25. And the game's beeping at you. So he sent or he or she sent in um, a long email of beeps. And I laughed out loud and I had tears. It was really late at night. So maybe that had something to do with it. But this yeah, is one, one. This is one of the best emails that I've uh, received. So uh, thanks, Jordan, for sending that one in, because that is exactly what it is like playing uh, playing Metroid. Yeah, and it's tough because the enemies, particularly in the beginning, the enemies give you they can drop health, little energy balls mm-hmm. to, to heal you up. They do more damage when they hit you once than you get from an energy ball. Mm -hmm. So you have to do really well at killing those enemies and collecting the healing items in order to make it even worth like there's sections where enemies will respawn infinitely. They come up out of the floor and they fly at you in a straight line and they should be easy to get, particularly once you have the screw attack. Um, But it's easy to screw up because everything comes at you so fast. Yeah. It's and um, yeah. And and it's also a game where, um, you get a you get a health pickup. It looks like a little power pellet looking thing, and it could be two health, it could be five health, it could be ten health. Like you don't know what it is. Um, it, and it, at various parts of the game, it'll change. So you'll pick up something and you get five, and then you'll pick up the next time and you get fifteen, and they don't look any different. It's the exact same sprite, but you get random amounts, I guess, based on the random number generator inside of the game and based on the enemy that dropped it. And it's just I saw the ones in Torian, the ones that you get from the Metro 
Metroid Centurion, they look the same, but they look like they're flashing. Yeah, they they look and like they they're, give you more. They, they give you a lot more, like thirty or something instead of five. And same with um with their um their rocket drops or the missile drops. They'll give you mm-hmm. I think twenty five missiles when you pick one of those up or whatever. Um, uh, but it's just like it it's so random. Like um we had um, Mega Man had similar things where you get little pellets, mm-hmm. but when you get more than just the little little one, you get a bigger one, and you'd think that yeah. that would be what they would do. They would have them look different. So this is like early, early, early on in uh, game development, and um, it definitely shows it. Um, so I don't know. Let's talk a little bit about our, our experiences, and then I have one more email to get to that we can okay. talk about um, the user's experience. Okay. So one of the things I noticed that was interesting what, that they didn't do in later ones is the missile pickups. Um, there are places like, particularly in Norfair, um, where there are groups of missile pickups immediately adjacent to each other in the rooms. Yeah. Like there's one room where there's three of them all in a row in the in the upper right part of Norfair. And then immediately like the level above that, there are two right side by side. And each one of these, I think, boosts your capacity by five, which has been a standard in the series, I think, since. Um, so just in those two rooms, which are not that hard to get through, yeah, <laughs> you can get a 25 yeah. missile you, capacity you go boost, from five by the ice beam, too. You go, you go from five to 30, and it's just like, okay, I'm not so scared about using missiles to open doors anymore. Yeah, um, the, the map proved to be really just invaluable to me. Yeah. for finding these things um i just it was really weird to me that you'd pick up a, an item and it wouldn't tell you what it did you had to actually like go right to the manual to find that out to, to figure it out um and if you grabbed it before you went into the manual you're like what did that look like again <laughs> was it blue or was it green? was it yellow i can't remember right right and i think the beam the changes in the beam that's obvious yeah. you know because oh now it's blue and it looks different um now it's actually moving in a wave but that was surprising to me that the first time I went from the ice beam to the wave beam and the freezing function went away and I was like, well, this isn't going to work. I'm going to have to go back and find an ice beam. And I, I think there are two places that you can get the ice beam. There's one in Brinstar on the right side in a, in a low chamber and then there's one in Norfair in right. the upper right. The wave beam is in the lower left of Norfair and I think that might be the only place you can get the wave beam, is it? Yeah, I believe so. I think there's only one yeah. place for it. Um, yeah, it's it's so bizarre because I can remember um, playing this with my friends, and we knew we we knew the game back backwards and forwards. Um, yeah. And and coming back and playing this one, the game felt so alien to me. Um, but then mm-hmm. some areas were like so crystal clear. Like I knew um, kind of in the first little area, there's a energy tank, uh, and yes. And I was Even like, I remembered that. And I didn't play this as a kid. And I'm like, where, where was it again? And I'm like shooting the wall. And I'm like, was it in the wall? So I'm trying to like get up on after I finally got the ice beam and came back. I'm trying to like blow the blocks up. And I'm like, it's not there. And I'm shooting at the block that's directly in front of that wall. And it's not there. And I'm like, I could swear there's an energy tank here. I remember seeing it. I remember getting it and being so happy the first time. And then eventually you, you find out that it's one block over and you need to use the ice beam to get up there or be incredibly good with your bomb jumps, which is nearly impossible. Um, so hard, but it's <laughs> bomb jumps are so hard oh, in this game. So, so crazy. Um, but yeah, here uh, I'm on the video that I'm, if people are watching the video, I was just shooting the block that I thought it was and it wasn't exploding. And I'm just like, oh, I don't, I don't get it. Where, where is it? But it's just, it's one of those games where, um, I just have so many memories of playing it, but yet so much of the game is just so alien to me. Like I, I couldn't remember where the missile drops were, um, yet 
I can remember playing with my buddies and basically getting 50, 60 missiles and then going and, and beating Ridley and doing all that stuff and knowing where everything was. And it wasn't a problem. Um, just so much of, of this game is selective memory for me. Yeah. Yeah. And it's interesting how it teaches you in that first area immediately about the whole, the, the mechanics of the game. You know, you go to the right, right by where that energy tank is and you hit a wall and you're like, Oh, I can't go any further. You know, why can't I crawl down and go under this? So then you turn around and go the other way and you eventually go past where you started and you're like, Oh, I can go to the left, which is good. Cause I think at this point for the most part, everyone had just played super Mario brothers and games like it, where you could only go left to right, totally. not right to left. Yeah. So it forces you to go back and then you find the morph ball and then you discover that you can roll into a ball after that uh, and go under things. Totally. I was um, I was playing Metroid Prime 3, I think it was yesterday or the day before, and Sandra was sitting next to me watching, and she was you know, looking at her phone, and then she looks up, and I was doing a morph ball puzzle, and I was rolling around, and she goes, wait, is that ball you? And I said, <laughs> I said yes. Yeah. I said, yes, this, the morph ball has been you know, part of the Metroid series. One of those few things that's been there from the very beginning is the ability your suit has the ability to compress down into a ball and you can roll through all these areas and it's it, it's hilarious <laughs> and and I was going to point out the the same thing like the, the way that it trained like Mario was good at training you like y- yes. y- you don't you don't want to do there's a mushroom coming you, you get hit by it. It's like, okay, this is bad. Uh, what do I do? I jump over it. Oh, I didn't jump far enough. Oh, I landed on his head. Oh, okay. I killed it. Okay. Maybe that's how you kill enemies <laughs> in this game. You hit a block and a mushroom pops out and it's like, oh crap. And you're trying to run away from it, but you hit it and you grow. Um, but it, it, it basically taught you the game in the first, like in world one, one, it's uh, kind of a master class on how to, how to teach people how, the, how your video game works. And then yes. just as you said, you immediately drop into this one. Everybody goes right. Like that's because that's how video games were. You're going from left to right. Um, and of course, if you go right, you, you end up at a at a roadblock and it immediately teaches you that. Yeah, you have to uh, you have to go and 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 go explore and go left, not just right in this game. It's not just about going right um, yeah. was um, I don't know if it was on purpose. I you want to think oh, that I it bet. is. And I'm, I, pretty, I'm, sure I'm pretty sure it <laughs> is. Uh, and it just shows kind of like the the mastery of programming a game on an 8-bit system like the NES where you had very little memory and very few development tools. You're making all this stuff yourself. And yet they were able to make um, so many masterpieces in the early years of the NES. Now, going back to when we were talking about beams earlier, you talked about how you can't have the ice beam and the wave beam at the same time, but the long beam stacks with everything so once you've got the long beam that's a permanent upgrade you can yeah. always shoot all the way across the screen which yeah. is great yeah in the later games they do that very differently <laughs> they would make it so that in i think in super metroid the beams would all stack right mm-hmm. so you would constantly get the upgrades so you'd have the freezing ability you'd have the wave ability all of those things at once right in metroid prime you had different beams and you would swap between them with, uh, with the, did you swap between the B with the C stick or was it the D pad? I think there was the D pad, the visors. The, I think it was the D pad. Um, I can't, okay. Oh, it's been so long since I've played prime. Um, there was one of those that do one of them did the visors and the other one did the different beams. So you would choose different beams for different situations, which was great. I mean, you had the ability to, to kind of customize what you were using when, yeah. by the time you got to Metroid prime three, all the beams were stacking again. Yeah. So it, you're adding new abilities to your beam until eventually you have the um, the Nova beam, which is the green super-powered one, which is what I'm using in Prime 3 now, right. which rips through just about everything, can shoot through 
uh, certain types of substances. And I just just yesterday by accident discovered that you can combine the X-ray visor with the Nova Beam to see the weak points in the enemies. They right. glow red, and then you can hit them, target right. them, and hit them. Because um, I had enemies that were just wiping me out, and until I discovered I could do that, I was like, "Wow, that's that's handy. I'll do that from now on." Mm-hmm. Um, but it's it's interesting. It's interesting to play this game from the perspective of where this franchise has gone and where other games in a similar genre have gone. Um, oh, another thing I wanted to point out is if you look at the entire world map, all of the regions fit together they like do. a puzzle. Yeah, they like they physically they do not overlap if you press them all against each other. And it's really de- definitely like a Pangea kind of a thing. And if you think about it, a mother brain is directly above where you get your morph ball. So it's basically right, right where, uh, right where the yeah. game began is where the, the game ends. It's uh it's kind of a, a neat little uh, design for, for the game. Right. And if you look at um, the, the code, if you go back and you look at the code in terms of where everything is, it isn't like that at all. Mm-hmm. So, you know, everything's kind of ridiculous and, and all over the place. Uh, but, it's interesting because you you know that they must have planned the whole thing out on graph paper totally. ahead of time yeah. in order to a, get it to work. I would say uh, I, I was going to say a whiteboard, but they didn't exist back then. So on a blackboard somewhere, they had it all <laughs> or, or a, uh, I don't know, bulletin board of some sort. They had it all printed out on paper and uh, or, or yeah. drawn out on paper by hand and, and laid out that way. Uh, pretty cool. All right. I'm going to get to uh, our first email that was, or I guess our second email, but, um, the the first email that wasn't just a series of beeps. Um, and it's from, (laughs) it's from Haven games and it goes, hi Lloyd and Steven. I I was a master system lad and I felt sorry for the NES players whose game designers almost always seem to restrict the players avatar size to the size of a single brick size sprite. Metroid was an exception, but Sam is still feel, uh, still feels kind of stilted since she's unable to duck. The fact that it's used as a game mechanic uh, doesn't help. Like when you can't kill knee height enemies uh, simply yeah. because, I don't know, Samus knees are fused together. Uh, it continuously rubs the artificial scarcity of movement in your face. Uh, I get that uh, this gave the morph, morph bombs more of a purpose, but surely some creative enemy design could have done the same. I also found that in many situa- situations, the enemy movement patterns left no real opportunity or time to react. And it was just a matter of absorbing the damage. Although, to be fair, this was a bit of a symptom of the times. Uh, On the positive side, the movement was responsive and the game pulled me along, keeping me wanting more. I must say, though, um, it it would not have felt nearly so purposeful or achievable without the map I had on hand the whole time. I bet back in the day, this was a much better experience for the kids who had access to guides and magazines. My childhood Metroidvania experience was with Wonder Boy and the Dragon's Trap, which managed to be a way less uh, confusing game to navigate. Also, while I tried to stick to the original save load setup, uh, I know I would have found Metroid incredibly frustrating if I didn't use uh, emulator saves outside of the boss door. Uh, This game sends you a long way back when Kraid defeats you. Uh, thanks for bringing us along for the retro ride. No regrets. And that's from Haven Games. So Haven, thanks for sending that in. And I too was a Sega Mash System kid. I asked for the NES for Christmas or for my birthday. I can't remember what it was for. I think it was Christmas. And um, my dad worked at Sears and Sears was a big uh, Sega Mash System distributor. And the person in electronics convinced him that, no, he doesn't want the NES. What he really wants is a Sega Master System. Um, so all my friends had NES and I was the only one with a Sega Mash System. And, and I loved my master system to be fair it it wasn't a terrible system by any stretch um 
but I would go over to my friend's house um, on Saturdays and we would play NES. We'd rent games. We'd play the games that he got or borrowed. Um, back in those days when you were in uh, grade school, there was the the great uh, cartridge trade. Uh, people would come with their cartridges and they would do game swaps with friends and, and stuff. It's uh, definitely not something that we'll ever get back again. Uh, our kids won't have that type of experience, which is yeah. um, kind of a shame. But I can remember. It is. I can remember playing through Metroid and and just you didn't really you didn't mind the limitation uh, because that was how the game was made. All games had limitations back then. Um, like yep. there's no background and it's 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 sprite on black background and you would get weird. And back then, it was such a revelation to be able to walk to the left that you weren't concerned with the fact that you couldn't shoot at something that was totally. on the floor. Yeah, and and be able to like hit select. Um, uh, using the select button for something other than selecting the game mode. What kind of wizard? Yeah, you start is this? shooting missiles instead, and changing you know changing your attack. That that was that was uh, just a revelation at the time. Totally, it was it was such um, such an amazing game. Like this this game brings back so many memories when I played through it again. Um, I, I guess maybe we'll talk about how we played the game. Um, I've already said I played this on the Retron Five, um, which is the. Uh, it's the system that allows you to play NES, Super Nintendo, Super Famicom, Famicom, uh, Genesis, um, Game Boy and Game Boy Advance games. So it has a whole bunch of different games that you can play on it. Uh, I played uh, the NES version on the Retron 5 um, and I know you played a different version. I did. I started playing it on the on the uh, Retron 5. I used uh, my, you know, I used my Metroid cartridge. I have. I was able to choose which one I wanted because I've got both versions of it. Um, but I played, uh, I started playing it originally on the on the Retron, and I was determined to not use save states except for, um, except for the situations where I had to walk away from the game. You know, you turn it off and it resumes where you were when you came back. I didn't want to use the the save states to like, okay, I had a bad time in that room. I'm just going to reload my save state because um, I wanted to get more of that original experience. But I found that playing it on the Retron was a bit inconvenient for – this might be because of just playing the Switch lately. It's just – it's so much handier to be able to play games on the go. So I decided to start the game over on the 3DS because I've had it since the Ambassador program on there. And that has the ability to – if you exit it, it will remember where you were and everything like that. Uh, and it's got – you know, so it's got that save state functionality. So that's where I ended up playing through the game Um I, I never actually beat Mother Brain. Uh, that's where I am in the game, actually, is in Torian. Uh, right. And I've made a few attempts to get through that and haven't been able to do it so far. Uh, but, uh, but yeah, so that's where I ended up playing most of it. With all the different options I had, that seemed like the, the one that would work best for me. Yeah, that totally makes sense. Um, I totally forgot that I owned it on that. And I was reading an article and they're like, yeah, I first played it on my on my 3ds using the ambassador program i'm like oh crap that's right this was on the 3ds i could have played it handheld um all week while i was uh trying to do it uh instead i played on the retron using save states um for uh mother brains battle basically um and also uh at the end i just got super frustrated we, we tried like 10 times and i just wanted to beat it so i could talk about the ending and i ended up using a cheat for infinite life um beat the thing Turn, turn it off did the climb to beat the game and um the game finished in uh, i think the ending three of five is the one that i got 
Yeah, so we didn't mention that yet. I think that there are five different endings for yeah. this game. Is so, it five? Yeah, it's five of all. Show them up on the screen. So uh, the worst ending um, is what you get for taking more than 10 hours to beat the game. Uh, Samus is basically standing um, there facing away with her head held in shame. Um, um, this also happens if you use the suitless Samus to beat the game. That is also the ending you get as kind of a, you should be embarrassed um, to play around with Samus with, uh, with a bikini on or whatever. Um, the bad, <laughs> the bad ending is acquired by playing the game, uh, but beating it within five hours, you just get Samus standing there waving um, in her costume. Um, this is the one that I got. It's the fair ending is what it's called. And it's acquired by beating it um, more than three hours, but less than five hours. And uh, the only difference is Samus is standing there holding her helmet, or I guess her helmet's off, and you get to see hair. And uh, this is the one that I can remember getting the first time, and I'm just like, what? Why Why does he have big hair? And then you found out through other um, other reasons, or other, other ways that there's reasons for the big hair, that it's actually a girl. Um, the good ending is acquired by beating it under three hours, and Samus basically has uh, no costume on. So it's her in just, uh, it's like a leotard type thing. Um, this is also the version of Samus that is there if you play with the Justin Bailey code. Um, so if you play, uh, you punch in the password of Justin Bailey and I think it's dashes for the rest of them. Uh, you get to play the game with pretty much all the power ups um, and Samus without her, her Vario. You have the Vario suit, but you don't you're not wearing the Vario suit, I guess. Um, and that's the ending you get. And then the best ending is if you beat the game in under an hour, um, Samus is there in a bikini, something that would never happen in a modern video game uh, being released by Nintendo. A reward for beating the game super fast is a pixelated version of a girl in a bikini. Um, just they did very much the same thing with Zero Mission, though. Oh, yeah, I guess so. They did. A, they actually did a lot worse. <laughs> That's right. That's right. Zero Mission. Sign of the times. Um, we'll we'll save. I guess we'll save the zero mission discussion for the end. Uh, okay, but um, I have the zero the Metroid Fusion. Uh, here's the zero mission stuff. So yeah, there's like little, uh, <laughs> little um, weird pinup images almost of yes of uh, Samus, um, especially her and her her uh, blue suits uh, from behind her looking over her shoulder and stuff like that. Uh, just <laughs> s- such a, such a sign of the times that would never happen yeah. uh, in Nintendo, a current Nintendo game. You hope you hope. <laughs> you hope. Um, so yeah, that's, uh, that's kind of the endings. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So uh, I haven't uh, reached any of them. You haven't so. reached any of them. So I, I, f- <laughs> I forced it. Um, I'm, I have as far as I've ever gotten in Metroid though. So this, oh, this turned out go. to be a very good thing for, you know, for that. And I, and I do intend to, to continue to try beating it. So, uh, so I guess one, one thing we didn't touch on is to, to beat mother brain. There's two mini boss battles that you have to, you have to fight to, to get to mother brain. Technically yes. you only have to beat one of them and then you can use um, the ice beam and some bombs and stuff to get across the big pit. Um, but that isn't there. Uh, it's not open. Um, and and passable normally unless you beat both um Craid and uh Ridley. Um Ridley is also was selected as the name because of the love of the Aliens movie franchise. Um so this game is definitely heavily uh heavily I don't want to say it didn't steal much from Aliens, but it was it was it, Aliens was definitely one of the things that the developers were thinking of when they made this game. Yeah. Yeah, the the influence is pretty clear in that. Definitely. So, um, so yeah, that's uh, that's that's that. Um, the the two bosses. You want to talk a little bit about those two? 
Sure. We have Craid and we have Ridley. And Craid is like this little kind of squat, uh, almost kind of a Bowsery yeah, character. Yeah, tur- very turtley uh, looking. Yeah. Um, and there's a fake Craid in the game. Yeah, I don't. And I, there's a real Craid. I've never gotten to the fake Craid in my playthrough. Um, so I, I didn't reach him either. He was He's on the map here. I can see he's right near the other one, but I didn't actually get to him. Yeah, he, he uh, fake Craid is basically destroyed with one missile. Um, so very, very easy to to beat. Um, but the real Kraid um, has a really annoying pattern of sending out bone shard things that he throws through the air uh, and then also launching uh, spikes from his chest. Um, and there's lava pits on both sides. Um, so there, it, it's it's really annoying to do it standing on top of it, dodging all the stuff, jumping over the spikes. Um, the way that I beat Craid was basically going in the lava pit and, or I guess how my wife beat it. Um, I, I told her the, the, the way that I used to beat it is after you have the, the, um, the Varya suit, you take very little damage from lava and, um, was able to basically jump in the lava. Uh, you take damage, you start flashing, you jump in the air and then you, you use your, um, your wave beam and just send out, three shots and hopefully some of them will hit Kraid and you just do that a bunch of times. I think we only lost two energy tanks doing it that way. Um, and it was kind of the, the, the super easy way of beating that boss. Yeah. I, uh, I figured by that point that I was powerful enough to just kind of run up to him face to face and unload my missiles on him, which turned out to not work out too well because he does constantly send out those waves of spikes from his chest and those deflect your missiles. They do. The missiles explode on those instead. Um, so I got a bunch of hits in that way, but he was also doing a ton of damage to me. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I tried, um, jumping over those. I eventually ran out of missiles and then I realized that my ice beam was freezing those spikes. So yeah. I'm like, okay, well maybe I can freeze the spikes and jump over them or whatever. And I just eventually, you know, just I outlasted him, him was the thing. I, I lived longer than him. I tried jumping over him and shooting him from the back, but he shoots the spikes out of the back too. If you're behind him. <laughs> He was tricky. Yeah. Um, the hardest the part hard. I found, though, with all of that was figuring out how to find and get the energy tank mm. uh, that's in the room. I had to look that up online because yeah, I yeah. knew there was an energy tank there somewhere. You have to roll off um, and then don't hold the hold right and then hold right um, when you're partially fallen down and you have to fall right into that that cubby hole is the way yeah. that I that I remember doing it. I wasn't able to get I found that, that I had to start from from the right side though. So I had to roll left and then roll right. If I was on the left side and I rolled right and then rolled right, if you wouldn't go into the I couldn't get into the opening. Um I don't know what it is with the physics in the game yeah. that made it like that, but so bizarre. it worked out okay. For us we had um we had all six energy tanks. So getting it would have only just refilled our energy. So we were, we we tried a bunch of times and it's just like, eh, whatever. Um no point wasting time with this. So we uh we stopped that. Uh it maxes out at six? I believe so. I think there's eight in the game that I can see on the map. Yeah, I think I think you can only have six above you. Maybe maybe you can have eight. Um, I I've only ever gotten six ever in any of my playthroughs. Yeah. Um, I wasn't able to get. Um, yeah, I had six as well. I wasn't able to get at least one of them because it it seemed that you needed in order to be able to get at it, it was in Ridley's. Though it was the one in the top left of Ridley's hideout. Right. Um, it looked like to, in order to get it, you needed to be able to bomb jump all the way up. Yeah. 
oh, to get through a little space at the top. And I just could not, I couldn't get more than two bounces. Once I got two bounces up, I would yeah. fall all the way down and I couldn't get back up there. Yeah. It we, was just too tough. We used to have the timing down pat. Like the, the bomb jumps were so simple when you're a kid and mm-hmm. that's all you do. And I just couldn't, I couldn't get it working. And I think part of it is because I'm playing on the Retron and just the input, input lag or, something um was screwing that up and i wasn't able to drop um the third bomb to set set up for the bomb jump so i i'd plant plant and then i couldn't plant the third one so that when the second one blows up i get blown up um, sometimes i was able to get it and sometimes i wasn't it, it just was really inconsistent yeah super super frustrating um when controls aren't cooperating with you um for that so um i guess uh, that's Craid, uh and then there's also ridley um who is supposed to be this like super fearsome looking dinosaur with <laughs> wings and it just looks like a, a squashed eggplant um yep. that is firing uh firing shots at you and i can remember ridley being annoying back uh in the day not all the time uh but when i yeah. when i fought a ridley yeah, he basically just shot his shots in an arc and they never hit me i just walked right up to the the platform that he was on um one block um basically it's one block i'm up but up, but up against it and i'm just shooting my beam and I just kept hitting him over and over and over and over again, and he died, and I didn't take one little bit of damage. So the yep. the random number generator was uh, my friend, definitely in uh, in that battle. Yeah, I had a very similar experience of that, uh, where I I went in with the intent of trying the same strategy <laughs> I tried with Craid, which is run right up in the face and unload the missiles, because I figured I had you know all the energy tanks by then, or almost all the energy tanks, and right. I was going to be able to just kind of live long enough for that. Um, and it worked out really well for me because I ran right up to the platform like you did, started shooting missiles, and he didn't connect with any of his shots. They all went over my head. He didn't try and fly away or run away or jump away. I just blew him up, and uh, that worked out really well. And then you have that slightly tricky next room with the false and real lava combination where you have to get the energy tanks. So. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, it's uh, it's definitely definitely interesting. One one thing that I note, I, I'm watching a little bit of my playthrough here. That's streaming in the background while we talk. There is so much slowdown in this game. It is not yeah. even funny the amount of slowdown that you experience while playing this game. Um, again, not something you even really noticed when you played originally on the NES because that was gaming. That's all games like that. You played um, Super Dodgeball and your enemies are half disappeared half the time um, because of the the flicker and the slowdown. Um, but I really noticed it a lot uh, playing through Metroid um, on the NES after not playing it for so long. It's to the point where it, it makes shooting impossible because of when it's looking for input. It's um, you've already hit the button, but it didn't register. Um, so I that that is definitely something that I do not miss from playing uh, back on the NES. Yeah. Yeah. It, this um There were a few things. One of the things that surprised me playing this game was the things that were missing that I didn't think would be missing. Uh, You know, there were only the two beams, not counting the long beam uh, modifier, but you only had there were no power bombs at this time. There was no there was a screw attack, but there was no space jump. Um, Various suit, but no other suits, Uh, no super missiles. Uh, Only the two bosses and, and, you know, and then the two mini bosses and then Mother Brain. Um it just was it was really interesting how i kept i kept waiting to find the the space jump so, so that i could get that energy tank you know that you were talking about this near the beginning mm-hmm. um but yeah there's no there's nothing like that it's it's really very very pared down 
yeah. in this release. It, and it's um, it's one of the things that makes the game so hard to go back to because you remember things like, oh, like the wall jump and, you know, the, being able to grab ledges, the ledge grab. Yeah. Um, you know, the, being able to do those things. And uh, I was earlier, I was looking at uh, ROM hacks for Metroid and there are a lot of them out there. I was looking for one that maybe adds some of those things back in or tunes up the 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 spawn locations for the for the enemies so that they don't hit you as you're walking through doorways. Yeah. Um you know, that kind of a thing. Uh but yeah, I mean it's it's definitely the uh it's the product of a of a different era. <laughs> yes. Which is Yeah, and and I can see, you know, it really I feel a bit more redeemed in my decision to not go back to Metroid as long as I did, because it really is a tough game to go back to. It just does not stand up. Um, And I don't have the nostalgia because I didn't play it back in the 1980s. Right. So without that nostalgia, I think this game is a really tough sell. Definitely. I I definitely think this is one game that was tough for people that, um, that picked up the NES classic remembering, metroid or hearing of metroid or playing metroid prime and and then getting to this and they're just like what is this how do i play this thing even um Mm -hmm. i I can definitely see that being a bit of an issue which is why prime was my first metroid so prime is your first metroid okay which is why this nes classic book is so good because it it gave you the map it gave you a strategy for going through um the the best kind of uh run to get uh, maximize all your stuff Uh, and that's kind of what i followed um for this one just it was just the easiest way to do it. Um, and, uh, yeah, that's, uh, something that I, I, back in the day, I mean, that's what we used Ninten- Nintendo power for. You'd buy Nintendo power when you were playing a game and you wanted some help and you, the, the Nintendo power, I think episode 19 or something, uh, or episode, uh, issue 19 had, um, a full walkthrough for Metroid as well. And I can remember bringing that issue over to my friend's house and using it, um, as we run through the game and stuff like that, uh, way before the internet, <laughs> it was even a thought in someone's brain. Uh, that's how we were beating games. Yeah. Yeah. The map made this so much more manageable. Mm-hmm. I think if I hadn't had this map, I don't know that I ever would have gotten through the game. Yeah. Even as far as I did, because wow. Yeah, definitely. All right. Um, I guess, uh, the, the last boss is mother brain. Um, this, this is a, an interesting battle. Um, you are basically facing Metroids for the first time in the game. Uh, Metroids are really annoying. Um, I don't remember them being so annoying. I remember you use a bomb and they get off your head and then you shoot them with a missile and everything's good. Um, this one, I was like hitting them with four or five, um, bombs and they weren't getting off my head for me to freeze them and then blow them up um so again my memory was was uh was not there for me um when i was playing through that um but you're also subjected to um these little donut enemies that just randomly appear um it would be so bad if they appeared off screen and flew in um, but there's times when they appear basically right at your feet so three pixels away and there's no way to avoid them because you're you've already shot or jumped or something um probably the most annoying enemy in a video game that i can remember for quite some time uh i don't remember them being right up there with the medusa heads in castlevania very much like the medusa heads it's just they don't like there's no way that you can even try to get away because they're designed in such a way where you unless you're very lucky or the random number generator is your friend, there's really no way that you're going to be beating those things. Um, you're going to be taking damage or trying to avoid them. So um, super annoying. And then when you get to mother's mother brain's lair, there's five pillars that have these um, 
I, I guess they're some form of skin <laughs> that you're basically blowing open with missiles and it, it grows back. So if you get hit and take damage while well, those missiles you spent to do a little bit of damage on it are basically wasted because it's going to start growing back um, again. Don't remember it being so, so difficult. Um, and then you're being yep. rained upon from above with um, missile or, or I guess laser guns that um, keep just shooting you and, and stuff like that. So, um, and the knockback on all of these things is, unbelievably yeah. strong and it push you all the way off the platform it's not just oh i took a little damage it's i took damage got knocked off the platform and now that wall that i was blowing through has regenerated and i have to start again totally so yeah. so frustrating and then uh the actual mother brain battle is isn't much of a battle um you're basically just dealing with the environment which is the big problem you, you basically blow a hole in her in her glass coating with a missile and then you shoot her i think it's like 20 times or something and then she blows up that's it then you have the um, the typical Metroid uh, race to not get blowed up um, as there's a, a countdown. The escape sequence. The big <laughs> escape sequence. Um, there's a 999 um, seconds, um, which isn't a second. I think it's faster than a second. Each one. And you have to get out um, before it reaches zero. Otherwise, you just die. You get a game over screen and then you have to fight the boss again, which is like the, the biggest slap in the face for someone that got so far, did all they could, and then... In the end, it didn't even matter. In the end, it didn't even matter. So, um, <laughs> again, not something you'd really see in a in a game. Um, the games have gotten to be a little bit more fair um, in how they they treat the player. But again, that that is how the games were back then. Back when they were nor fair. That's right. They were nor fair. Now they're 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 fair. They're fairer than they were at least. That's right. That's right. That was terrible, and I love it. Um, <laughs> all right. So I, I think we've covered most of of the game metroid um any other Should thoughts we do zero mission uh do you want to talk about zero mission yeah i think we can kind of like talk about it a little bit um so, so zero mission in terms of its context zero mission was basically the uh, the nes remix <laughs> version of of the game uh definitely fixed in a lot of a lot of areas yes this was a game boy advance release from 2004 it was a kind of a remake of the original Metroid with a lot of enhancements. Mm -hmm. They made it a longer game. They made the environments larger. They put more regions into it. Like there's a Chozo ruins that you can go into. And um, they gave all kinds of dialogue and backstory, but generally from the beginning, it kind of start, it kind of starts out and you're, you're doing the same thing. You start out in the same spot. You go and you go to the left and get the morph ball. And then you, you know, head on to the right and it starts to diverge pretty quickly after that. Um, but it also holds your hand a lot more. So there are all these Chozo statues in there that are not for getting items. You jump into their hands, roll into a ball. They heal you up, mm-hmm. <laughs> which is luxurious. It's amazing. And, and then they put, they, you get a little cutscene where it shows you a map because there's a map now mm-hmm. that points you to the next location. So you get to the first one and it shows you where the long beam is. And yep. you go to the long beam and then you get that next one and it points you at the at the ice beam. And then you go, you know, one at a time through all these different yeah. locations in the game. Totally. Um, so instead it leads of, you right along. Instead of just having these ancient bird bird folk as people you're just stealing um, technology from, they're actually there to help you along in your way now in that game, which is uh, which is a nice, uh, nice change from the first game on the NES. Yes. And um, you get 
things like the ledge grab and space jump and, you know, all of the things that you expect from a Metroid game now are all tucked back into this. Um, and then there's the, I think there's even the speed booster in this and everything like that. Mm, right. So I um, forgot about that. Yeah, but that's definitely in it. Yeah. So it's, it's, uh, it's a, a great refinement of the game that I have played through multiple times and enjoyed a great deal. And then when you get to the end and you beat Mother Brain and you escape, you get in your ship, you're flying away, and you get shot down. <laughs> and then you have a whole additional section of the game, another 25% of the game or so, right. which starts out with you in your uh, zero suit, which is where this is why they started calling it the zero suit. It's the, you know, basically the spandex thing that she wears underneath the various suit. She gets in her ship to leave. She gets undressed. She's flying away a la Sigourney Weaver in her underwear at the end of Alien. Right. Um, and then she gets shot down by space pirates. And then you have to sneak through the, the space pirate ship in a state where you're like basically one hit kill, you die if right. you hit once. Right. So all these stealth things that are frustrating and difficult, but not overly so. Mm-hmm. And then you eventually you get through and you make it out. And then you get your suit again with all kinds of upgrades. And then you start decimating the pirates after that, which is just a great feeling when you get your suit back. Totally. Um, I, so, yeah, I've totally forgot how much I, I enjoyed that. Um, I, I've never owned it, but um, I would rent it or borrow it from friends. And that's definitely a game that I I, I should pick up a copy of that. And, and I think it's it. on the Wii U virtual console. So that's something to think about if you okay. think you might go back to your Wii U. Maybe. I'm hoping they'll just everything will just appear on the switch when it all comes over, which probably isn't going to happen. That is that definitely, definitely what I'm hoping that would be. Can you imagine how good that would look Virtual um, virtual console GBA if oh. it's made by the same people who did it for the Wii U. What was there? I M- was yeah. amusement no who did it the, the sega one I'm not m2 sure. m2 could be yeah i'm not sure yeah it's uh that's going to be definitely be a good way hopefully we get a, a switch virtual console announcement uh really t- really soon so that we can start um playing some of those games and mm-hmm. give people an easy and affordable way to uh, play along with us it's not yes. uh it's not easy to go pick up a 30 dollar nes game and a 75 dollar nes or a 140 dollar retron 5 to play these games um there's hopefully going to be easier ways in the near future to do that. Yes. Yeah. 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 All right. It's, cool. Uh, it's great. Zero mission is great. If you, if you want to play Metroid and you don't have the nostalgia for it, my advice is play zero mission. Definitely. <laughs> I, I fully, fully agree with that. All right, cool. Well, um, just before we, we finish up this one, uh, some, some little interesting trivia about this game, since it's such a, an, an early NES, um, release um there was some really cool stuff about it uh the famicom version or the famicom rather version of this game was released on the famicom disc system of course because that's what it was and there was no code system there was basically three save games and you could choose which save game you wanted uh pick it and play um so they had to invent a whole new way of essentially saving a game for people on the u.s uh release of this game uh using codes um which was uh, which was new kind of new um this was yeah there you go uh the password pack these silver boxes nintendo released things in these silver boxes if they were a password pack that's right back when they had to uh, overly name things (laughs) way back in the day action series sports series driving series uh all that fun stuff um 
uh, this was basically one of the first games with multiple endings um, that unlock based on how you you play, um, which is uh, really cool. A lot of games do that now. Um, they reward you for your your play of the game. Um, but this was very, very new for Nintendo and or very new for the industry and something else that Nintendo uh, first brought out to the world. Um, I've already mentioned that uh, the manual referred to Samus as, as he for the whole time. And then when you beat the game under three hours or before under five hours i think it is you see the hair and it's just like what and that's all that you talked about on the bus the next day as you're going to school that do you know samus is a girl um and that was a, a really Didn't they great... refer to samus as a cyborg too in the in the manual possibly i, I don't I seem to remember that i don't remember i don't have the manual here so i can't check it myself um find a way <laughs> yeah um so due to the limitations in the nes hardware um uh, it was not able to portray Samus crawling. Uh, so they originally wanted Samus to crawl on the ground. We mentioned that already. Um, but basically just to solve that engineering problem, they created the morph ball. And now the morph ball has been part of Metroid history for the whole, the whole time. Um, so that's kind of a really interesting development thing where um, development um, is basically led by um or sorry, story is led by development limitations. Um, yes. And uh, we, we have that a lot in, in early NES games. Uh, and another little, little interesting note, uh, something that some of the hacks have actually um, made use of. Uh, but originally the game was designed to have different sprites for when you're running left and running right or walking left and walking right because Samus has an arm cannon on one arm. But when you turn left and right, the arm cannon is always on the arm that's facing the camera. So they originally had a whole set of sprites where the arm cannon was behind and stuck out and you'd see the arm there. Um, and all those sprites are actually in the game, um, but they weren't used. I guess, again, they ran into some development limitations and didn't want to, um, I guess, use the uh, the the resources needed to um, to put that into the game. Uh, but some of the, the ROM hacks that you can get actually will use uh, some of those sprites that are already inside the cartridge. Which is that was exactly what I was looking for when I was looking at ROM hacks. Nice. Something that would use those uh, sprites. If you look at the, at the cover art for Metroid here, you can see it's Samus's right arm. There you go. The arm cannon. Yeah. So. And then, Oh, another, uh, another neat thing is that this was, um, you know, obviously this was one of the first games on the NES, the first release of this game uh, came out in this silver box and they, you know, they sold lots and lots of copies of it in the silver box. And then later they did, you know, before they had player's choice, before they had, uh, uh, what do they call them now? When they, when they re-release the uh, games? NES, uh, player's choice. Selects. Oh, yeah. Nintendo selects. Not that's what it is. Nintendo selects. That's right. Yeah. Which makes me think of their chicken nuggets or something, but um, <laughs> they have, they had something called Nintendo Entertainment System Classic Series, where they re-released the game in this yellow box. And usually, when they do that, the first the first release of the game ends up being the scarce, more valuable one. Right. And then the re-release, people are like, "Oh, I don't want that." But Metroid is one of the few games where the re-release of the game was produced in so much more limited quantities than the original mm-hmm. that the yellow one is actually the one that's really valuable, and it has the um, the label on the box, on the not on the box, on the cartridge, is yellow as well. Um, and the art, I think, is a lot nicer. Yeah, there you go. Then the, what nicer. they gave, and the manual is yellow as well, instead of retro, like Atari like 20, Atari twenty six hundred style, um, putting action from the game on the uh, on the cover art for the game. 
Yeah, there were, I, I like my personal favorite though was when the Atari games would have like these elaborate oil paintings as <laughs> their. I want to buy the. There's a book called The Art of Atari that has. Yeah, all those. I love that book. I, I need to get that book at some point because that that Me stuff too. is just ridiculous. Cool. Um, uh, yeah. So any any last thoughts on Metroid? Um, this is definitely one of the more important uh, games uh, that came out um, close to the NES uh, releasing. Um, it's basically it's it's created a genre. Metroidvania is a thing uh, based on um, games like this in Castlevania. Um, the whole a progress progression through finding new powers um, and then using that to unlock things that you had seen previously but couldn't access. Um, it is just such an, an amazing, uh, an amazing way to, um, encourage exploration in your game from your, from your game players. And, uh, they definitely did a, a really good job with games like Metroid and, and better they with did. newer games that aren't Metroid one. Yeah. Yeah. The, uh, should we talk about where Metroid is now? Uh, sure. Yeah. Uh, um, hidden, the um, last, hidden uh, from the world to see. <laughs> Uh, the last mainline uh, Metroid she's, game. She's been stuck in this is the problem. She has. She's been shrunken down and, and struck uh, stuck on a pedestal. And that's uh, where, where Samus now lives. Is Such a cool looking uh, amiibo though. It is great. Um, a fr- friend of mine bought one that had two arm blasters because it was a it was an error um, in manufacturing. Yeah. I really wanted that one. That would have been really cool. But yeah, uh, yeah there's uh, Samus as amiibo. That's about the only place to find Samus these days is in Super Smash Brothers. The last main mainline Metroid game they made was Metroid Other M, which was in 2010. So we haven't seen Metroid now for in that sense for maybe about seven years. We had um, Federation Force, Metroid Prime Federation Force, which you and I played online a little bit and had a great time with. Uh, We have to get back to that. Definitely more of that. Yeah. Um, but you know, that's not a main, you know, single player Metroid mission featuring Samus, which is what people really want. And there's a rumor right now that there are two new Metroid games in development. One of which, um, not the retro studios one, but they say one is in development retro studios. And then another one is in development by another company. The other one is the one that we are likely to see at E3. That is the current rumor. None of this has been confirmed by Nintendo. Obviously we're, Um, we're about a little less than a month away from E3. So hopefully uh, by the time that we do the next retro pulse, which is going to be a monthly show to begin, um, we'll, we'll have some more Metroid news that we can touch on. Yes. Yeah, so that's um, that's where Metroid is today. It's a it's a very much beloved franchise that has has never made a heck of a lot of money for Nintendo. No. Um, I think that they're they're usually lucky to break even when they make the games. So it's 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 easy to understand why they don't want to just annualize the you know you know the series like yeah. they do with Zelda and and everything else. That, that's actually a really good thing. Uh, um, Metroid Prime. This is North American sales. Metroid Prime. Mm-hmm sold 2.82 million units that one did that one did pretty well metroid did 2.73 million units so metroid prime sold more than the original metroid um but then everything else is way below that like other m 1.1 million zero mission 0.84 million um prime hunters 0.72 uh super metroid uh, even on the super nintendo was 1.42 million units sold in north america so not a huge seller but it is one of the one of the beloved franchises from from nintendo and uh a lot of people really want to see more of of that uh hopefully they they can yes and it's and it's also um yeah i mean it's got to be it's got to be tough because 
the, these these are not cheap games. I don't think the, the especially the main console ones. I do not think that they are cheap games to make. And you look at something like Other M, which had all voice acting and these cinematics and stuff like that, and a Tecmo helped develop that one. Um, and a month after it came out, it was twenty bucks. Yeah, yeah. And totally. you know, you say, oh, well, it was, uh, well at least it sold one point one million copies. It's like, yeah, but how many of those were sold at twenty bucks a pop? Totally. And it's really it's really a shame because. I you know other M takes a lot of heat and mm-hmm. there are definitely things that are not great about that game, yeah. but I had a good time with it and that I played terrible. through it and um, I have had a lot more trouble getting through Prime Three, which is inarguably a better game than Other M, right. but I've had a, a much harder time getting through Prime Three than uh, than than I did in Other M. I think I played through Other M twice now all the way right. uh, and still haven't gotten through. <laughs> corruption in the last 10 years so right definitely yeah it's uh i'm hopeful for e3 that we're going to get some some announcements because i'd love to see yes. a new metro game metroid uh, again i had so many good memories playing it as a kid that it's a franchise that i like and i've played pretty much all of them at some point or another i don't own them all um but i i own i owned or have rented um the bulk of them uh, or i guess all of them because i have played them all but um i've I, I one game that I always wanted to have every version of. I, I know you have all the NES ones complete because you're you're the crazy complete NES collector I guy. Um, I that's one thing that that I would do. That would be one franchise where I'd be happy to do that for. Metroid. Metroid for sure. Yeah, yeah. I have all the all the Metroid ones. Metroid games complete now. So. Nice, cool. All right. Well, um, dude, I think that's gonna about do it for our talk on Metroid for episode one of the Retro Pulse here on the Res TV network. Uh, I think this was a lot of fun, man. It was, and and of course we, you know, the the lines of communication remain open. Anybody who wants to share any of their experiences or thoughts about Metroid, where it was, where it's been, and where it's going. Um, we will continue to read letters about Metroid and any of the other games we discuss and whatever else uh, on future shows. So, you know, don't don't feel that uh, if you're listening to this um, six months down the line or a year down the line, and you have a comment to make about Metroid. Feel free to drop us a message and we'll read it on the show and discuss it. Um, we're perfectly fine with with going off topic. We we are very good at that sometimes. That's that's our <laughs> mutant ability is going off topic. It's uh, it's it's a great thing. Yes. So, uh, shall we, shall we get on to what we're going to do next time for yeah. episode two? Yeah. So how this is going to work, uh, again, uh, retro pulse now, uh, at least initially is going to be a monthly release schedule. Um, just because it's an, in addition to what we already do every week, um, with the Nintendo pulse. Um, and what we're going to be doing for the first, a little bit is we're going to have people vote on, um, what games we cover. So we've already done that for this one, Metroid one, and we're going to be doing that for the next game. So the three games that we've chosen are uh, Castlevania for the NES, uh, Contra. Right here. There you go. Contra for the NES, mm-hmm. uh, which I have around the corner. I didn't grab it because I'm not a smart man. And uh, Super Mario Brothers 3, which I also have right there um, for the NES. So those are going to be the three games that you can vote on. Voting's going to open uh well, today, um, for people that are watching live. Uh, and the way that you can vote on this is to go over to patreon.com slash res TV. Um, that will be uh, where the voting's done. Um, 
to vote, you have to have a Patreon account, but you don't have to be a patron of ours. So you can just create a patron Patreon account and vote. Uh, and that's done just so we don't get like thousands of votes from, uh, from like 4chan or something, something crazy. Um, <laughs> that's the reason why pa- Patreon has locked this down and we're using Patreon as the way to, um, to kind of do that for us, uh, which is great. So, um, so today's May 21st. Um, so, this episode is going to go live um, pretty much immediately for our patrons. Uh, and then it's going to go live next Sunday, the 28th for everybody else. So it'll be available on YouTube and over at res.tv. The voting is going to end at the end of that week. So it's going to, it's going to end on Saturday, uh, June 2nd. And then, um, so that's going to give two weeks for this vote to happen. And then we'll know what game we're playing. Then we'll take another two weeks to play the game and stream and do all that fun stuff. And then we'll record episode two uh, probably around the 20th of June sometime, um, which will be um, just after E3. It'll be a fun time to do uh, one of these shows. Sounds like a good plan to me. Definitely, definitely. So that's uh, that's kind of the plan. So again, Castlevania, if uh, you folks are interested to see where you can get these games, uh, Castlevania was released on Famicom, NES, Amiga, Commodore 64, PC, Game Boy Advance. Um, not all those are easily playable. Uh, you have, of course, all of them because you are Mr. Castlevania. I do. Yeah. And it's worth noting that the the Commodore 64, Amiga and uh, MS-DOS versions are totally different from you know what's on the nes they're very different games they're not really playable even if you do have access to them in emulation or something they're not good games um but yeah yeah Comic-Con i disc system version is good and and so is the nes version i made a mistake um the voting is going to be on june 3rd not the second third is the saturday second is the friday i'm bad at reading calendars apparently well, calendars are tough. They are all those numbers. Oh, just too much like math. It's it's really tough. Uh, it is. They need a they need a D pad. <clears throat> they do. Uh, uh, this is also available easier to get to for a lot of people. The Wii Virtual Console, Wii U Virtual Console, Nintendo 3DS Virtual Console, and it was also a game that was available on the NES Classic um, yes. for that one. And if anyone can get their hands on this one, I know I grabbed mine on eBay years ago. This is a a Microsoft Windows release by Konami called Castlevania and Contra, Konami Collector Series Castlevania and Contra. And it has the first three Castlevania games for NES, mm-hmm. and it has two of the NES Contra, excuse me, Contra games, Contra and Super C. And they're basically, it's a package of emulators that's a legal package of emulators with ROMs. And... um. Last I looked, it was really cheap on eBay uh, for like 10 bucks factory sealed. So uh, something definitely to look into if you feel like playing these on your computer. Uh, I've been able to play these on Windows 7 without any difficulty. Right. And uh, they look and, and sound good. So that's a good way to get at two of the games if, uh, if you do need to find a way. Uh, and you don't feel like dealing with virtual console. Definitely. Um, so that's Castlevania moving on to NES. Um, it's available or sorry, Contra rather it's available on the NES. As Steven said, it's also part of that PC release. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's also available in Game Boy Color, but this was released as part of the, um, what was it called? The Konami, um, Konami collectors pack one or something or konami Something like that. pack. i had it here a minute ago um so this was only this was uh, on is. the first one so number one but it's uh, not the nes version it's a it's a game boy version that's right so i think it might be different hmm. interesting uh so it, it was only on the uk version of that uh and then it was also available on the nes classic 
And then Super Mario Brothers 3 is available on almost everything. NES, Wii Virtual Console, uh, Nintendo 3 Virtual, or sorry, Nintendo 3DS Virtual Console, and the Wii Virtual Console, and of course, the NES Classic. So those are the the ways to get at the game if you're reading this. Um, uh, Mrs. Kip said, if Mario 3 wins, are you going to skip everything with whistles? Yes, but I'm only going to do it playing with uh, Power Glove. That'll be the only way that I can I can do it. Just... <laughs> Because I'm going to use the U-Force. The U-Force, yes. Kick and punch <laughs> your way to success. It'll be great. Right. And I'm sure that'll go really, really well. <laughs> yeah. So uh, the poll will be up uh, right after we're done this recording over on our Patreon page, patreon.com slash TV. Again, a huge thanks to all of our awesome patrons for supporting us um, to help us uh, pay the bills and gain access to other games and stuff to play. Uh, we couldn't do this without you, and uh, we appreciate your support. If you want to check that out, you can head on over to patreon.com slash TV. Um, let us know what you think of the show. You can head out over to res.tv or our YouTube channel, comment there, or you can email us directly at feedback at res.tv so that um, you can send us an email that we can hopefully play in a future episode here on the show. And we also have a voicemail line, um, which not a lot of people use, but it's still there if that is the way you want to leave feedback. And you can do that at area code 505-847-6322. And um, otherwise, uh, you can basically hit us up on every social media network out there, except for LinkedIn and MySpace and other ones that Stephen are going to mention, uh, is going to mention right away to throw me into a loop uh but things like <laughs> youtube twitter uh instagram facebook patreon all those lovely sites and of course we have a discord as well so check us out there we do let's get discordant let's get discordant steven man this was a hell of a lot of fun we did an hour and a half on metroid uh, that was surprisingly surprisingly quick it helps to do it in the middle of the day like this it does it's much easier for me than when i'm falling asleep it, it is it is definitely uh, a little bit easier to do uh, so i think these ones are probably going to be a weekend show which is uh, great for a lot of people out there i like it uh when i'm playing here i can pull that off def- yeah definitely um this is uh metroid met mix pro from oc remix so thanks to that one again i don't have the name of this uh musician but we'll have that for you in the next episode for sure because uh, it'll be hard for Steven to pull it up before I cut him off. Metmix Pro on OC Remix. <laughs> uh, it is by Scratty411. There you go. Scratty411's amazing uh, Metmix Pro. Uh, I really dig this one. Um, and it's going to be done in about 30 seconds. So with that, Steven, so is our show. Thanks for doing this, man. Hey, good to be here. This was fun. I like this. It was definitely a lot of fun. So everybody take it easy. Uh, Get out there and vote for what game number two is going to be. And uh, yeah, stay tuned for Saturdays for future retro streams. Um, Yeah, that's about it for us. Talk to you guys later. Bye. Thank you.